You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 322. On today's show, I will be catching up with Max Thor. We haven't talked in many, many years, and so it was fun to catch up with him. He's released a lot of music between then and now, and so we listen to that stuff. We have a good time. I'm going to actually have a few more songs than normal. We're going to have a bit longer of a playlist this week, just because the schedule of Beyond Synth has been pretty up in the air, if you haven't noticed. And I'll sort of explain. I mean, obviously, I've been sort of hinting towards it in the previous episodes. I'm moving. However, the circumstances of my move are very complicated. And it's been very stressful. So we're sort of in a a stressful and, and difficult time right now. And it is going to affect the schedule of the podcast as it has been affecting the podcast since about March. Uh, I'll explain a bit more, but uh, just bear with me because, you know, obviously I appreciate uh, all of you listening to the show and I appreciate all of your support and I don't want you to think that I'm dropping the ball and you're all like, how come there isn't an episode every week or whatever? Believe me, I've banked a ton of interviews for the show uh, coming up because I knew this was going to be a difficult time and it's just turned out to be a a way more difficult time than I had anticipated. So, how about this? Let's listen to some cool music. We're going to listen to a bunch. we got a bunch of stuff to catch up on because I feel like it's been a while. So let's listen to some music. I got this cool one from Pilot. Pilot's a cool guy. He's been on the show. Go listen to my conversation with him. But in the meantime, listen to this awesome song that is brought to you by my amazing Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. We're talking about Chris Dance with the 88, Mike Shima with the 82, Mike Erdahl with the 5666, and we have a new King of the Pattersons this week, which I will talk about after this song. This is Upgrades by Pilot.
And that was Pilot with the track Upgrades. That is right. Pilot is a cool guy and uh, makes awesome music. That's P-Y-L-O-T. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. And we have a new patron this week. A very, very generous patron, Petey's Deep and Delicious Bark. You guys love this whole Petey thing, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For those of you who don't get it, uh, my neighbor's dog is called Petey, and uh, he likes to bark whenever I record, and then one day I discovered that if I, like, yelled really loud his name, he would stop barking. In the episode I did with Yota, you hear me go into the background and yell at Petey, and everyone seemed to love it, but uh, lately I haven't had to yell at him, which is good, but listen... Petey's Deep and Delicious Bark, thank you so much for supporting the show. That is incredibly generous of you. Uh, I guess this month you're one of the kings of the Pattersons, so welcome to the club and keep on being cool because that is the most important thing to be. And of course, uh, I would also like to thank my awesome pals in the $50 Club, Mr. Brandon Decker. I hope you are having a lovely day. And of course, Mr. Tim Carlton, who is the guy who made the Cisco Hold music. I'm going to play it in the background right now. And uh, I do have to say, I have had to listen to the Cisco Hold music a lot this week, and I wish it was under better circumstances because basically what's going on is my dad, since about March has been having a series of medical emergencies where one thing has just led to the next and that is why we were moving uh, basically to be closer to him so that we could help him out and so we are you know having to organize and get the family together and figure out how to move and in fact I'm going to be getting some assistance from uh, Mr. Neon Fox who might uh, Might be the one helping me drive a moving truck because, you know, I can't drive. So since about March, this has been ongoing. And so we decided as a family we were going to move. But then since then, my dad has been in a series of medical issues. I'm not really going to get into, but they've been pretty serious. And he's been sort of moved to different hospitals all over the place. And it's been difficult. And we've had to do a lot of driving. And of course, this has meant that it's been hard for me to uh, focus on making the show because there's a lot of times where I'm just not even near my computer because I'm in like a waiting room somewhere, stuff like that. So why am I telling you this? Oh yeah, that's right. So every time I call the hospital, because you can never talk to a fucking doctor who knows anything. Okay. Every time it's always fucking nurses and uh, assistants and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, oh, I'm just the guy that fucking puts the tubes in, or I'm just the guy that pushes the chair, or I'm just the guy that turns the machine on. I'm like, somebody tell me what the fuck is going on. So anyways, whenever I phone the hospital, uh, (laughs) they've been playing the fucking Cisco hold music every (laughs) time. So, Tim, I've had to listen to your song quite a bit in the past few weeks, and it is, uh, I guess it's one of the better things about being on hold, right? You know, whenever you're trying to phone hospitals, it's always sort of depressing news, so it's nice to have awesome music in the background. And speaking of awesome music, let's listen to another song. I got one here from Chris KD. I don't often play covers on this show, but I like this one, so I'm going to play it, okay? It's a cover of that uh, Nelly Furtado song, Say It Right, with Timbaland. You remember that song? Uh, Anyway, look, it's brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. In the Kroner Club, we got Emil Hampus ML and Mr. Glenn Main. I hope you're all doing well. And my semi-sonic friend, Jacob Wick. You are a cool guy. This is uh, a cover of Say It Right, the Nelly Furtado song, and this is done by Chris KD. In the 
And that was Chris KD with the track Say It Right, a cover. At first I was listening to it and I'm like, do I recognize this? And I like how he's replaced the uh, the Timbaland vocal thing with just like the fucking chime noise. Or what is that sound? It's not a chime. What is it? I know that sound because I love that sound. It's a, it's a percussion that sounds kind of like a wood block, but like with an echo. And then I went in this rabbit hole just remembering Timbaland. You remember Timbaland? And like he would produce other people's songs and his contribution would also always involve him just making a noise because in the, in the the Nelly Furtado song you know Tim Bland is in the background it's like oh hey and then there was that song he did with um oh what the hell was that band called remember it's too late to apologize it's too late and then it cuts back to Tim Bland hey hey oh <laughs> anyway that's <laughs> This is the Timbaland podcast now. We're going to talk about uh, 24-7 Timbaland. But look, that track was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Retro Serenade with the 3333 and Hugh Hefner with the 2666. So as I said, we got a bigger playlist today just because I have a feeling next episode might not come out next week. We are in the process of moving, and it's very complicated because... The move itself is complicated, but then it's what we do when we get there, because obviously with our lives all in flux, we don't totally even know how we're going to set up our place, because it might need to be completely different depending on uh, the outcomes of the things that are going on. I got to figure out how to, I got to make a new studio space. I mean, that's going to be a whole fucking thing. And uh, yeah, I was hoping to do some stuff with foam, you know, the sound foam. I always love, you know, seeing everybody's studios and seeing all that sound foam everywhere. And I'm like, I want foam. Fucking sound foam. My studio here is a fucking spaceship set. Uh, was a spaceship set. <laughs> All of it's been taken down. And now I'm just sitting in a little corner of fucking brick wall with a fireplace behind me because I've had to pull the all the sets down. Andy's spaceship, the uh, my synthwave sun and stars, it's all... Things are changing. Look, let's listen to some more music. All right, it's time for Turbo Night. This is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Mr. Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, Alex Selickson, Blake Peterson, and Cargo Called Luau. This is Awaken by Turbo Turbo Night.
And that was Turbo Night with Awaken. That's a cool one. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like Mr. Eurobeat Intensifies, Mr. Honeybeard, Mr. Johnny Five, and Mr. Joseph Richards. Uh, Hope you are all having a lovely day. Thank you so much for supporting the show. So since we talked... Jesus, what else happened? A lot of people died. I don't really have too much to say. I'm not really a fucking eulogy guy, but uh, I guess we can start with Vangelis because that was the first one, right? What an obviously influential and amazing musician. I think all of us in the scene are connected by the Blade Runner soundtrack. That's a huge part of, I think, all of our lives. You know, the theme to Chariots of Fire is epic and and awesome, eh? Like, he's made some really memorable pieces of music and I don't really have anything interesting to say here because my favorite Vangelis stuff is the Blade Runner stuff you know I love the end credits music of Blade Runner I did go back and listen to some more stuff I haven't listened to in a long time his uh, score for uh, that film uh, uh, Conquest of Paradise 1492 is it 1492 yeah there's some cool songs in that one as well and uh, of course he's released all these albums he had this huge you know decades and decades spanning career of making cool electronic music so uh, I know uh, this is a huge blow to electronic music in general and electronic scores so yeah let me know man what's your favorite Vangelist do any of you uh, listeners have any interesting takes I mean obviously I'm here saying like I like Blade Runner but you know maybe you you like a particular track from one of his uh, lesser known albums or something but uh, let me know and maybe one of these days we can do a show where we just have a retrospective and just like have a few artists on and just talk about our favorite Vangelis stuff and maybe go through the catalog. I think that would be cool because uh, he was obviously a very, very influential and important guy. And now we need to listen to some more music. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Vangelis, whose real name is Evangelos Odysseus Papathenis. It's, well, sorry. <laughs> I guess nothing more uh, disrespectful than not being able to say the guy's name when uh, talking about him when he's passed away. But it's uh, Evangelos. That's a cool name. Anyways, let's listen to some music here. Uh, I got one from a a band called Favors. Now, this is going to be a bit of a different vibe. This is more of an indie synth pop kind of track. Not so much synth wave, but I like the vibe. It had sort of a retro feel to it for me, but it's definitely more in the sort of indie synth pop realm because I know sometimes I like to throw some tracks out of left field at you lovely listeners because, you know, before I discovered Synthwave, obviously I listened to any music I could find that had, you know, synthesizer elements and stuff to it. And so I did listen to a lot of indie synth pop, synth rock kind of stuff. And so every so often when artists come along that have that type of music, I feel like, you know what, I'm going to play it because I like it. So uh, this is a track from Favors. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Mr. Ken Giroux, Mr. Neverman, Mr. Restless Nights, and Mr. Robert Conglomerate. And this is Favors with Call Me. Yeah. 
And that was Favors with Call Me. Yeah, that's a cool song. You know, I dig that sort of indie synth pop vibe. There's another band. Someone just sent me an album, and I really liked it. And it's got uh, an interesting kind of vibe, too. But, you know, I always dig whenever there are sort of synth elements and tracks. Things don't have to be super synth wavy for me to appreciate them. You know, I just like uh, I like nice music. Why do I? Why am I justifying myself? Uh, look, that was <laughs> that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 20. $5 club like Mr. Sir Mikeathy and Mr. Techno Ben and Mr. Your Imaginary Friend PT. So now we got like two PDs here. Lots of PDs. There's PDs all over the place. <laughs> There's a quote. <laughs> There's PDs all over the place. So, okay, so we just talked about Vangelis and then who else died? Sorry, this is going to be sort of a depressing <laughs> episode. I apologize. Andrew Fletcher from Depeche Mode. Obviously, I'm very inundated in the synthwave scene now. And this is pretty much all the music that I listen to for the most part. But obviously before Synthwave, when I was young, I've always said and still do to this day, Depeche Mode is my favorite band. I love Depeche Mode. The thing is, even though Depeche Mode is my favorite band, I don't really know much biographical information about them. I just never cared. I know Dave Gahan is the singer and Martin Gore, you know, writes the tunes. And it was always sort of up in the air as to... What Andrew Fletcher did? This is going to be another terrible eulogy. Because clearly, if you'd listen to Martin Gore's solo stuff, you sort of get, okay, I get what he's doing, and obviously I get what Dave Gahan's doing. But then sometimes I'd watch like concert footage, and Andrew Fletcher would just be sort of standing there, and I would always be like, what it does he do in this band because in interviews and stuff it would always be like martin gore writes the songs and dave sings them and dave you know tries to write a song occasionally and you know there's a few tracks on every album that martin sings solo on like those kind of more ballady songs and i have read some interviews where people sort of explained the band dynamic and essentially said that andrew was sort of like the glue of the band because i guess martin and dave would often butt you know creative heads and it was like andrew Drew, who's the one who's like, hey, let's just get this, like, let's make this album, let's do this. Like, that was his his role in the group, and like, you know, when, when a lot of time had passed between, you know, making a new album, he was the one to sort of be like, alright guys, let's, like, let's, let's get this show on the road kind of thing. So, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this. Essentially, it does seem like, you know, a lot of the creative... A lot of the creative aspect of the band is still sort of intact with just Martin and Dave, but it's curious to see if they'll want to carry on as Depeche Mode without Andrew Fletcher or whether they will, you know, maybe do one more album and sort of dedicate it to him sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But again, uh, you know, another sad loss to the, the synth world. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't record a show in a while. A lot of stuff uh, happens. So anyway, rest in peace, Mr. Andrew Fletcher. Sure, one of the key components in my favorite band, and it's a very sad, sad time. So let's, you know what, let's boost our spirits with some cool music. I got a cool one here from Daytona Dreaming. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Mr. Slade in the $25 Club, and then we got Forged in Neon with the $2049, Joshua Winter with the $20, and Waylon Caskey Geospatial with the $1988, and this is is Daytona Dreaming with Slow Drive Miami.
And that was Slow Drive Miami by Daytona Dreaming from the album Last Call. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Toots with the 1986. A big shout out to Ethan who has been helping me update the database and uh, and do all that stuff. So it's fun to have people helping out and I appreciate it. I wish I had his work ethic and organizational skills because my life is in a bit of a fucking mess at the moment. Not that any real planning could have helped this because I feel like we were doing some pretty good planning and then uh, everything became very chaotic and crazy. Uh, but look, thank you, uh, you know, everyone for supporting the show and helping out and doing all that stuff. So... Who else died? Uh, Dave Smith. Jesus Christ, what a period of time. So Dave Smith is the uh, the engineer and founder of Sequential, who he was like the a guy who made fucking synths. And then eventually went on to just make like just Dave Smith synths. I remember when I first started the show, I didn't... I didn't really know too much about, you know, brands of, uh, of synthesizer. And so I always found it funny that there was just this brand called Dave Smith, just cause it's such a, <laughs> it's just such a normal name. The point is obviously another person hugely influential to synthesizer music in general, because obviously as much as we talk about the musicians and stuff like that, you know, none of this could be possible without the people who actually make the tools. And Dave Smith was a guy who made the tools and when he was doing it it was like just fucking pioneering shit you know there's a time when he's like literally making and you know like 10 keyboards you know and like they're just going directly to these huge artists who are gonna like take these things and experiment with them in fact we talk a bit about that uh, when I talk to Max Thor later in the show one of the things that we sort of love about 80s that we don't really talk about too much about the music is just the, the experimentation factor you know when when artists first got their hands on synthesizers so much of it was experimentation and playing and stuff and and that's always been what's so inspiring to me about electronic music in general is just all the sounds they can create and obviously dave smith hugely uh, important influential guy in the actual making of the tools that these artists would then go and experiment with if you want to know a bit more i would recommend checking out synthhistory.com you know dan's uh, computer magic she's got this side thing where she created an instagram account and, uh, and uh a website called Synth History, which is actually really popular. <laughs> that got like really popular. And she's done interviews with lots of big artists. And she's got one called uh, Three Questions with Dave Smith, which uh, you can check out at SynthHistory.com if you want to get a bit more info on, on Dave Smith and stuff. So that's what I would recommend, SynthHistory.com. But obviously, another great loss in the world of electronic music and, um, and synthesizers. So rest in peace, Mr. Dave Smith. Obviously, the, the tools you have made have been uh, inspiring artists to come up with cool and creative things and uh, the chain reaction of, of awesome stuff is just you know I say I love how I'm just like terrible at doing like eulogies and there's like fucking eight in a row um, look let's listen to some more music okay I got one here from Sonic Gap this is actually kind of appropriate because in the interview that Dave Smith did uh, with Synth History he did mention that his first exposure to synth music was switched on Bach by Wendy Carlos and I found this track from Sonic Gap which is another one of those uh, synthesizer reinterpretations of classical music music. It's brought 
brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about the Buchelman sisters, Rachel and Sarah, in the 1985 Club. We're talking about David Evans in the 1950 Pound Club. 1950 Pound Club, is that a thing? And of course, Gene Creamer, Private Eye, with the 1555. This is Sonic Gap with BWV 1056.
And that was Sonic Gap with BWV 1056 or 1056. I don't necessarily know how you say this. It's, of course, a electronic music interpretation of uh, Bach. Every now and again, I always enjoy those things. I think they're cool. And it definitely gave me that vibe of listening to uh, Switched on Bach, obviously, because it is also Bach, you know? So there we go. Johann Sebastian Bach, to be precise. And, uh, of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Salaya Lane. What a busy week, and we're not done with these eulogies because just a few days ago, Julie Cruz passed away. And Julie Cruz, of course, is the the singer who is best known for, I, I mean, I believe in our circles anyways, uh, best known for singing on Twin Peaks. Obviously, there's these great iconic moments in the classic series where uh, Julie Cruz is on stage, you know, performing in front of the red curtain and singing these sort of like haunting songs. And I think... I think even the the Twin Peaks theme song was a Julie Cruz song. Like it's just the instrumental version of her song. I I think I'm correct in saying that. I think it's a track called Falling. Yeah, and uh obviously a seemingly very interesting person. I know, I think a lot of us actually were sort of like friends with her on Facebook. I never messaged her though. It felt weird because if I did, I would have wanted to talk about working with David Lynch and after Twin Peaks Returns, I I recall her in some interviews saying she was not happy with what went down. I think there was some sort of bad blood between her and David Lynch and Actually, that's one of the things that disappointed me because as much as I loved Twin Peaks The Return, and I did like it a lot, it really disappointed me that when it finally came time for her to sing the song, because every episode sort of ended with this thing where they went to the bar and you would watch a whole musical performance. And then finally when Julie Cruz came on, it was this big monumental moment like, oh, she's going to sing the song. And then they only let her sing for like two seconds before running credits over her. And it almost felt like it was a move out of spite or something. It was, I remember feeling weird about it. I was like, why are they running credits over her? Like this whole season we've been watching sometimes like, you know, like a five minute full on just musical performance. And then the second we get to the performance that everyone wants to see, he just fucking rolled credits over her. And I found that really interesting and weird anyway. But uh, yeah, so I know, I know, uh, towards the end of her life I, I think she she suffered from depression and some other things as well some medical conditions which I think she was public and talking about and stuff like that but again another another person who I believe a lot of us in the scene were inspired by because obviously her sort of like those haunting songs in the Twin Peaks really did set the stage and I know a lot of us love Twin Peaks I know I love Twin Peaks so obviously it's a another sad thing so rest in peace Julie Cruz hope you're in a better place uh, because that's where we all want to be, right? Uh, wait, no, that's... No, hold on. <laughs> that, that, that could be interpreted weirdly. I mean, uh, uh, what do I mean? I mean, we're going to listen to some music. How about that? How about we listen to this one from Agent Murphy, which is uh, brought to you by my awesome PayPals. And I'd like to report that Ross Bruce has upgraded his support. That's right. I think Upgrade Jimpy is still the king of the PayPals by default because he donates in U.S. dollars. And so I think the currency conversion means that Ross Bruce is still just the Silver Bruce. I mean, well, or, or just he is the Silver Bruce, not just the Silver Bruce. Being a Silver Bruce is a cool thing. But of course, being an Upgrade Jimpy is also a cool thing. And of course, a shout out to Alex Lightspeed in the 1984 Club and Austin Whetstone in the uh, 1199 Club. I got to start pretending these are clubs. 
So check out this track. This is Agent Murphy with Point of No Return. And that was Point of No Return by Agent Murphy, brought to you by my awesome Patreon support. Nope, my awesome PayPals. That's right. We're, t- <laughs> We're talking about Jimmy Groon, the Rosconian, Brandon Morin, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Russell Nyes, Timothy Warwick, Jersey, Brian West, and Dominus Lux. And I hope you all are having a lovely day. I guess we should do birthdays real fast, right? Okay, so I would like to uh, say a very happy birthday to Skywolf. That was just a few days ago. Sorry, it's belated. I apologize. I've had... 
things on my mind. But hopefully you had a lovely day and uh, keep on doing cool things and making cool music. A happy birthday to Sky Wolf, June the 12th. And on June the 16th, a very happy birthday to Mr. Alex Karlinski, a.k.a. Highway Superstar, who has just sent me a message on Messenger, and it is a stupid meme. Thank you very much, Alex, for the meme. We... (laughs) It is appreciated. And just in case uh, this episode is incredibly late, and then next week's is also late, just in case, because I might miss some birthdays. So I would like to say happy birthday to Jeff Harrington, a.k.a. Junk Mail Jeff. His birthday's on the 25th. That's uh, in a little bit, but just in case I don't get the next episode out by then, I want to wish you a happy birthday. I'm sorry I haven't uh, read junk emails on the show in like a decade, but uh, one of these days maybe we'll bring it back. To be honest with you, I used up all those good junk emails in the junk email episode of Andy's Spaceship, and I haven't really received any good ones since then, so that's just the way it's going to be. But uh, listen, I I appreciate all of you for listening to the show, for being patrons, PayPal's, for uh, making awesome music. Uh, It makes me happy. We will be talking to Max Thor in just a bit. I think I have a few more songs to play. But happy birthday to everybody. Keep on being cool, because that is the best thing to be. So here is a track from Francesca e Luigi. They had this, uh, an EP, I think it was called, like, Dirty Disco. And they've been making this sort of, like, Euro dance pop kind of stuff. And it's funny, like, I like it, but I've always found, in their case, I've enjoyed, like, the melodies and the tunes it, it, it reminds me a lot of like the sort of like electro pop stuff I like listened to in like the late 90s and, and early 2000s and stuff and this one's fun because she really enunciates the K in fucking which is <laughs> which is <laughs> this is like the standout of this song she just <laughs> just fucking anyway uh, so let's listen to it this is uh, Francesca Luigi with go before you fucking waste it I'm not gonna be as you 
And that was Go Before You Fucking Waste It by Francesca Eluigi. And uh, and that's a fun track. And it's always fun to hear people really enunciate the K in fucking. Because uh, I guess we sort of soften it a bit sometimes, don't we? We. The proverbial we. The colloquial we? The royal we. I don't think I know the expression. Uh, so, what else? Have you guys been watching Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm going to be honest with you. I find this show kind of disappointing. Not as extremely disappointing as I found Boba Fett. I think this show is better than Boba Fett, but it's really been making me think a lot about the difference between TV and movies and the context. Like, I know this sounds weird, but I think I might have a problem conceptually with Darth Vader being in a television show because there's moments of Obi-Wan that feel really like a television show. I was expecting it to feel a bit more cinematic. But there's been these sort of very television show sort of moments. And when Darth Vader's in those moments, I don't know. Maybe someone can help me out. Uh, you know, write me a message and let me know what the what I'm feeling. But it almost just feels wrong to see Darth Vader walk around and not have the Darth Vader theme play. Like just sort of, it's just sort of, you know, generic, you know, sci-fi movie music. You know, like bad guy music. But they never do the like, dun, 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 dun. so it just seems weird whenever he's on screen and they're not playing his theme song and it's a tv show and spoiler alert there's this moment where i'm not finished the show yet by the way like there's still one episode left but there was this weird moment where darth vader he let obi-wan go and it was really 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 unclear why he did and i watched some videos on the internet of nerds trying to justify his decision but at the end of the day if you need internet nerd videos to justify why your story doesn't make sense that's a problem we should be able to sense that in the direction when Darth Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him in the hole at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's no ambiguity to what is happening in that scene. There's no dialogue, but you know exactly what Darth Vader's doing and why he's doing it and what he's feeling in that moment. Uh, This sequence in fucking Obi-Wan show was just really, really unclear, and so it left the ending feeling really, like, muddied and odd. You know, you're just like, why is Darth Vader not killing him? Like, what is happening? Am I meant to am I meant to be reading into something because like nothing's clear here so I don't know I think it's okay I think the show's okay better than Boba Fett but I was just expecting a bit more and I don't like child actors at all I think they ruin everything (laughs) they're never good child actors are never good it's like one in one million that's good that's why it was such a big deal when the fucking kid in the sixth sense was a good actor remember it was like a big deal and it was a big deal because kid actors are normally bad and it's like one in a thousand that's good and so anytime you write a story and like it hinges on a little kid's performance it's like dude You are taking a huge risk, and you can tell because they cut around Baby Leia like crazy. Like, if you actually pay attention to the camera angles and stuff, it's like they're cutting around the fact that she's not very good. I mean, it's not her fault. She's a kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know why they wrote the show that way. Anyways, you goofs, let's listen to one more song, and then we'll go chat with Max Thor and catch up because he's a cool guy. I want to listen to this one from Code 64. This is Deceiver.
Deceiver by Code 64. That's right. That was a cool song. And now, without further ado, let's go catch up with Max Thor. All right. Well, look, I'm here right now. <clears throat> oh, my voice is a little scratchy. I'm here right now catching up with Max Thor. How's it going, man? All good, man. It's a pleasure to be here again chatting with you. Yeah, so last time you were here was episode 137. Yeah, it was like four or five years ago, maybe. So we uh, we talked about uh, <laughs> Paella. <laughs> and uh, I don't even think we said your name. Mm, ah, we didn't. It's Luis. Yeah, because I think I literally just call you Max Thor the whole time. Ah, I don't, I don't that, recall saying Luis. That's okay. I'm used to that. So. <laughs> 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 Even my mother tells me, Max Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
the only thing I, I remembered was uh, paella. Paella. Conejo, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's rabbit, right? Yeah, yeah, rabbit. Yeah, rabbit, uh, paella, cooked in saffron. <laughs> that was the highlight of the interview, so... <laughs> anyway, how is Alicante? All good here, man. It's rainy today, but we, we have a really nice weather here, so all good, man. I, I recently moved to the countryside, best decision ever, because it was just before the pandemic. Nice. And now I have my studio here. I'm in the mountains, and it's amazing, man. So is Alicante like a region, or is it like a city? Like, do you still live in Alicante, or are you living in like a different place now? No, it's, it's really, it's a province. In Spain, we have like, it's the whole country, we have communities that mm -hmm. it's like counties in, yeah. in the states or something like that and then we have province and i'm i'm inside the valencia community and then you have alicante province and alicante city and i'm not living in, in alicante city I, i'm living in a small town called monobar and i'm half an hour driving from alicante city i'm from the beach okay Yeah, that makes sense. How many provinces are in Spain? There are 17 communities, so maybe there are 45 or almost 50 provinces. You have Madrid, Murcia, Alicante, Valencia, Barcelona. They are provinces, but they are also cities. It's a bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because we do have that here. Canada has... Um... Yeah, you are in Ontario, right? Yes, so we got 12, or, or is it 13 now? Because we have territories as well. So, like, the northern ones are called territories. Mm -hmm. So, there's, like, Northwest Territories, Yukon, and Nunavut. I think we have a new, we had a new one. That happened in my lifetime. And Ontario is, right, like, a province or, like, a... Yeah, so Ontario is the province. Toronto is there, right? Yes. Yeah, so Ontario is the middle one. That's the one that has the biggest population and has, like, the capital city. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ottawa is the capital of Canada, and then Toronto is the capital of Ontario. Quebec, too. Quebec is next door, so that's the province next to Ontario. Mm -hmm. And then Quebec has Montreal. But I think this is just, like, what you're talking about. In Quebec, mm -hmm. the province of Quebec, there is also Quebec City. Uh -huh. And Quebec City is the capital of Quebec, even though Montreal is the bigger city here we have for example you have basque country or catalonia but there are no cities called like that it's barcelona is inside catalonia and bilbao is inside basque country but it's just the name of the community not a city called like that so yeah we're talking about geography yeah <laughs> 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 okay, so to put a rest to this, there's 10 Canadian provinces and three territories. Uh -huh. Let me look up Spain here. Spain provinces. I miss Canada, man. I love that place. I guess I technically miss it, too, because I haven't really done too much in the past few years. <laughs> uh, here we are. The provinces of Spain. What the fuck? How many? I guess maybe, do we have like a different definition of province? Because in Wikipedia, the provinces of Spain, there's like 40 of them. Yeah, for, I told you. I, I told like 45 or... So there's 40. Maybe Canada's the weird one, because our provinces are huge, right? Like the, the actual mm. square footage or yeah. <laughs> whatever you say. Because looking <laughs> at Spain, it's like you could be walking for five minutes and then just walk into a different province. Yeah, because Spain is, is really a small country. It's not too big. Yeah, fucking Granada, Almeria. Is that how you say that? Al Almeria, yeah. Almeria. That's all Andalusia. I mean, Andalucía is the community, and there you have Granada, Huelva, Almería. 
Sevilla. <risa> <risa> Flamenco. <Yeah. risa> uh, well, you know, listen, these sort of geography lessons are important, right? I think a lot of people don't know a lot of geography, like me, for example, about my own country. Yeah, man, it's important to know all that. Well, see, now I'm looking at this map here, so maybe I can find you. Sevilla. Alicante is in the east. Let's see here. Alicante. It's just behind Valencia. Up there, the, there's Barcelona. Then you go down and it's Valencia. And then... Ah, I see. Huh? Yeah, it's on this map. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> Although that doesn't mean anything. Mercia. How do you say this one? Mercia. Murcia. Murcia. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because so you pronounce your C's like a th sound. Yeah, it's like uh, el zorro. Like th. th. Murcia. Murcia. Valencia. Yeah. Exactly. Albec... Albe... What's this one? <laughs> Albacete? Al, uh, it's next Albacete. To... Albacete. Yeah, Albacete. That, that's La Mancha. You know Don Quixote de La Mancha? Oh, is that how you actually say that? Don, Quijo Don Quixote de La Mancha? You know, that famous novel that was... The action happens there, in La Mancha, where Albacete is. Okay. Let's talk about Don Quixote. <laughs> 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 it's a super interesting novel, man. Apparently, this is a uh, music podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you and I haven't spoken in a while, and so I love uh, when I have people back on, and then uh, uh, this is what we end up talking about. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yeah, like, we're going to come back on the show sometime, and I'm sure whenever people say that, or whenever I invite people back to come on, they've got so many things like that have happened or that they want to talk about, and then we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have a seven-minute discussion about geography and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well how about this uh, let's listen to some music and then we'll get this thing on track and do a proper catch-up great so uh since you were on you had another album that you released you've had a bunch of singles and so i thought we would play some tracks from fiction mm -hmm. because uh, that came out in march of 2020 yeah And uh, there's a lot of really cool songs on this one. And I want to listen to Run. Perfect. By Max Thor.
And that was Run by Max Thor. And I am here with Max Thor. Luis, we're just catching up. It's been a long time since you've been on the show, but here you are. We know all about Spanish geography, so what have you been up to since I spoke with you last? Well, a lot of things have happened. Mm. We had a pandemic. <laughs> so, well, I think when I spoke with you, I just released the Another World album. Yes. So then I released the uh, fiction album in two years ago. I released a, a lot of singles and I've been working in some other things too. I, I've been producing music for uh, pop artists in Spain. I've been doing a lot of soundtrack for documentaries. I've been working on mixing, mastering too as an engineer. I don't know a lot of things besides master. That's why I, I started releasing singles now because I'm super busy doing a lot of different musical things. So I hadn't time for sitting here in the studio and working on a full album. So that's why I'm releasing a single like every month. I've been really busy the, the last years working on, on different music. So when you do producing for other people, are you still producing that stuff like at your home studio or do you go mm -hmm. somewhere else to do some of that work? No, I, I, I do that in my studio. Sometimes I, uh, I go to Madrid. That's where, where almost all the artists are living. So maybe I go there. I do some vocal recording sessions there. But all the work is done here in, in my studio. So Madrid is like right in the middle. Yeah, exactly. It's the capital and it's right in the middle. Next to uh, Avila. I'm looking at all the provinces that surround Madrid now. Toledo. Toledo. That, uh, there, there's a place in the States called Toledo, too, in Ohio. Yes, there is. Toledo, Ohio, because my roommate, when I was living in Madrid, was from Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are these other? Segovia? Segovia. Guadalajara? Yeah. There's another Guadalajara in Mexico, too. Good. See, so look, I'm like I'm learning so much. I know the audience can't see the map I'm looking at. But uh, now when you uh, mention places in Spain, I'm going to pull up this province map, and there's so much to learn. Look at this little tiny one, Viz, Vizcaya. Vizcaya, yeah. That's in, in the north. That's like, is that the smallest one? Oh, the one next door, man. Guzpu... What is this? Guipuzcoa. Guipuzcoa. Yeah. <laughs> there's another one called La Rioja, where the, the best wine is from La Rioja, and it's I think it's the smallest community in Spain. La Rioja. The capital city is called Logroño. Oh, I see. No, I think the other two look smaller than it. Even Al Alava. Yeah, but, but that's not a community. That's a province. Alava. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the province map. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you said you're making music for uh, <laughs> yeah, for the provinces of Spain. You're doing documentary stuff. Yeah, a lot of soundtracks. I done that in in the past, but when the pandemic started, we were supposed to have uh, a couple of shows with my other band that electronic project mm. and they got cancelled and I started uh, working on documentaries so I did three of them in half a year a lot of tracks because each documentary has like between 20 and 24 tracks instrumental tracks and I did like three of them so almost 100 tracks in, in four or five months was Crazy. So when you're scoring for documentary, are you scoring to a locked picture? 
or are you producing music that then they they just put into the thing, or are you actually watching the movie and like scoring along with the the edit? Yeah, I'm watching the the movie. I have like a pre-edited version of the documentary. They add a musical reference, but I I, I need to do the the music has to go at the same pace of the images I'm I'm looking at, at the video. So if there's a sequence about a lion who is looking for a prey and the music needs to have that exact duration and it ends when the lion goes and cuts the prey. So yeah, it's challenging. Did you did you score one where a lion was looking for prey? Yeah, man. The last one I did was called Lions and Hyenas. And it's, <laughs> like that was the title it's super descriptive it's like lions and hyenas no confusion there so, was there lions and hyenas of course and yeah it's recorded in in africa of course mm. and it's amazing it's really good you can find it online because most of them are for Spanish television, but a couple of the documentaries were by by BBC and National Geographic, so they are broadcasting them. Right. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. I really like doing it because I I love animals. It's one of my passions. It's amazing, man. It's like you you need to understand what's going on in the images, and I try always to to do like very honest music, something like. You can feel, uh, you can put in, in under, under the skin of that that lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were some of the uh, the things that you scored then? So, you we've got lions and hyenas. Did you do like any underwater ones or? I did. I did lions and hyenas. Then I did one that is called the Wild Heart of Spain. Uh, another one called Iberia's Woodlands. Iberia is like Spain and Portugal. We we are like a peninsula mm-hmm. so that that's called iberia so i did one called iberia's woodlands and we had in the north of spain you have bears a wild cat animal that it's only here in, in spain called lince iberico it's amazing man what are the main animals of spain like dogs yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the most common one no we, we have like eagles there's a royal eagle here but we don't have a lot of like dangerous animals right mainly birds and wolves there are some wolves in the north but we haven't like poisonous snakes and it's not like australia <laughs> it's super scary no australia is fucked man did you it's, see those it's crazy man was it last year or the year before where they had that mouse there was like a mouse infestation or something and there are these mm-hmm. videos where people would like open the door and then just like a thousand mice would like just run out and it, it just looked like it was like a carpet of it's just crazy, mice man. i've been to australia three times and the first time i went there we we were at the balcony smoking a cigarette and, and my friend who's from australia there was a spider in the wall but it was like my head that big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i freaked out and he was like ah no no that, that's nothing it's not poisonous. What the fuck, man? Is the is the biggest spider I've seen in my life? That's a monster, and they are used to that. 
I can't do big spiders. <laughs> I'm not horrible with insects, and since in the family, like, I'm the one who always has to dispose of them, because mm-hmm. my wife will just run in and be like, ah, oh, there's a spider, and then, like, that's how she sounds. <laughs> and then I have to, I'm the one who has to go get the fucking dish and put the, you know, put the bowl over it and take it outside, because I usually don't kill them. But I'm not as good with bugs. Mm-hmm. Like, so spiders, I can go, I can put a spider in a jar and take it outside, but we also have, like, centipedes, mm-hmm. and centipedes are fucking gross. Yeah, man. We have, there's uh, some kind of centipede here in Alicante, I think it's in, uh, in Spain, and it's like orange, but like a really strong orange color, mm. and it's scary, man, it's super long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, <laughs> am I thinking of centipedes? There's these stupid things we have in the basement, and there's... Cockroaches. No, actually, we don't have cockroaches. Uh, My whole life, I've never really had cockroaches. uh, You're lucky, man. Now, I don't have any, because I'm living in the countryside, but when you're living in the city, in Madrid, Barcelona, there are a lot of them, and they are huge. I hate them. Honestly, the the only time I remember really experiencing that much cockroaches was uh, when I was visiting Barbados Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And I remember we were in like a hotel room and it had like a lot of cockroaches. And that was like my experience with cockroaches. Okay. But uh, everyone would always say like, when you move to the city, like, you know, there's cockroaches and stuff. And I've honestly never seen one. I've had, like, I've had a mouse problem and I've had a rat, (laughs) but I've never had a cockroach. I think it's because it's too cold (laughs) there, Canada. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) dive because it's freezing man especially montreal i remember it was crazy (laughs) yeah well i tell you no one's gonna save us from these cockroaches (laughs) this is my segue to play your track no one's gonna save us (laughs) thank you (laughs) uh look let's listen to it this is uh, no one's gonna save us this is the might be the worst segue i've ever done But it's a cool song, so that's one good thing. Uh, This is Max Thor with No One's Gonna Save Us.
And that was Max Thor with No One's Gonna Save Us. And I'm here catching up with Max Thor. We're talking about smoking cigarettes and looking at giant spiders. We're talking about the lion and the hyena. Hyenas are amazing. It's one of my favorite animals ever. They're really bizarre looking. They are bizarre looking and their behavior is really strange. Really strange. You need to watch the documentary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They do really strange things. They communicate by laughing first and also the way they feed. They just wait for the lions to catch the prey and then they stole it. I love that we have this idea of like the ultimate hunters Mm -hmm. in nature, you know, where they go like, oh, the lion and the tiger and these things. And then when you watch the actual footage, they always just kill the weakest thing they can find. (laughs) So we always have this impression like, oh, like the ultimate predator. And then every time you see them, they go after the one with the broken leg or they go after the children who can't defend themselves. And it's just like, well, you suck. Like, I mean, you want to be like the ultimate ultimate hunter i want to see just like a lion take on like an elephant and win you know what i mean like but yeah man that's too easy yeah it's like when, when you step into an ant or something like that it's yeah like, I'm, I'm bigger <laughs> than you <laughs> I, I am the ultimate predator as i'm like squishing ants with my no, boot hyenas are the ultimate predator because they have to face the lions when they steal the the prey so it's super scary. I love just the idea of animals evolving alongside each other and having that relationship. Mm-hmm. Your whole existence is based on another animal doing your work for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like a parasite. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I have a question. The album Fiction says here, you know, mastered at eternal midnight mastering. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that guy's name? It starts with an X. Ah, it's, it's Sergio. But I, I call him Sergio, Sergio Cordova. That's a mastering engineer in Madrid, and he's a genius. Man, this guy is working with Waves in Israel, so he's doing a new system for clubs. So you can listen to the music better and with more loudness, but he's a genius. So I, I usually master 
every track I do for other people. But when I finish a Maxor track, I'm really tired of listening to it a yeah. thousand <laughs> times. So at least I, I like to send it to other person and, okay, you do the mastering. And he has a, a, an amazing hardware there, like analog gear. So mostly uh, I'm using the computer for synth and everything. So that analog touch at the end, I, I love that. The only reason why I was confused is because his name looks like Sergio, but it's spelled with an X. And so I, as I just looked at that written down, I'm like, how on earth do you say this guy's name? Like, it's like X-E-R-G-I-O. It's like a science fiction name. I would say like Sergio, but I say it's Sergio. Don't know why. I, I'll ask him. Yeah, I'm more. <laughs> I'm like, I'm less interested in his skill as a master and more yeah, interested yeah, yeah. in his name. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> because you say you were producing music for other artists as well. Mm -hmm. Is any of that stuff like cool electronic music or do you do other genres for different people? Not really. I, I, I do a lot of urban music like trap <laughs> music and R&B, that kind of thing. And lately I've been doing a lot of flamenco tracks N not pure flamenco but pop mixed with some flamenco like classical guitars and that kind of things and I also work at doing the album of a Spanish artist who, who's called Ana Torroja she was the singer of a, the most popular band in the 80s in Spain who was uh, Mecano maybe that's the biggest band in Spain ever and we had the opportunity to work with her in her album so that was an amazing experience because she's an icon of, of the 80s. How do you spell that? It's The band is called Mecano. It's M-E-C-A-N-O. You would say like me Mecano. 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 It's one girl and, and two guys. Ana, Ana Torroja is her name. You need to listen to that band, man. It's amazing. The composition is great. So then, so she's doing like a solo thing or is she doing a, another band? Yeah, a solo thing because Mecano split 25 years ago or something like that. And now she's living in Mexico and she has a solo career. And I started working with Warner in Spain and the first thing we asked was we want to work with Tana Torohan. it was amazing because uh, do you know when we were working on the songs we went to Joshua Tree in California and we spent one week there in the desert in, mm. in a house there with her and we recorded the songs there so it was super special wait what the fuck so you end up doing some production work for one of the most famous Spanish acts but you're recording it in Joshua Tree yeah man that's because she's living in Mexico and we were playing in LA with our side project with, with uh, the electronic band so we met there in Joshua Tree I've been there in Joshua Tree four or five times it's one of my favorite places on earth you like to smoke the peyote? Um, I, I haven't tried that I smoke <laughs> some things but not yeah. peyote <laughs> <laughs> what's the other thing people do out in Joshua Tree? DMT? No. Yeah, like everything, like acid, <laughs> any, any psychedelic or psychotropic drug is, is great for Joshua Tree. But you can just smoke weed and go for a walk, and that's <laughs> amazing. 
I think that's just like life advice in general. I eh? just yeah. uh, and you can always just smoke weed and go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is legal now in in Canada to smoke weed. I mean, pretty much because I remember when I went there, a lot of people smoked weed, and it was the strongest the strongest weed I ever tried in my life. <laughs> the one in, in Canada, it was really strong. Yeah, because I don't smoke it anymore. Like, so I quit. A long time ago, like before my kids were born. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not as invested in whether the legality of it. I, I mean, I know it is, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, like at the time, you know, this would have meant something to me if this was like 15, 20 years ago. But now since I don't do it, I'm not totally up to speed with what the exact rules are. Mm -hmm. But fairly certain, because when I walk around the city, like it always smells like weed, like street corners <laughs> and stuff. Like just like someone's always puffing away. Yeah. And I think you're allowed to have a few house plants. Uh -huh. Like you can't have a grow up in your house. Yeah, yeah. It's like Spain, yeah. It's not legal here, but you can have a couple of plants. What is forbidden is trafficking. Yes. It's still the same here, but I mean, since all this stuff happened, like weed, like the actual, like the head shops or like places that, that sell uh, weed, mm -hmm. they are everywhere now. Yeah. And especially with the pandemic, so many places closed and then just were replaced by weed stores. Wow. Like even in my neighborhood, I think there's like yeah. three, like you'll just walk down just to the corner and like there's a weed store and across the street is another weed store mm -hmm. and like, you know, one of those places used to be a convenience store and one place used to be like a deli and now they just sell weed. Wow. I, I would actually prefer people smoked weed than drank really because it seems yeah, like me too. people when they're stoned cause less problems. I hate drinking. Alcohol is maybe the drug I hate the most. I don't see the the point i know it's it's nice to have a drink or but getting sick like drinking till you <laughs> yes uh, fade out is no that that's the problem i think for me i do like to have a drink mm. but i can't drink that much like i have a very low alcohol tolerance and i've never yeah, developed a strong one so yeah. i can get sick on like three drinks if i drink them quickly enough mm. but i do like getting a mild buzz So I do like going, you know, when you first go to a bar, or you go out with friends, mm -hmm. the first two drinks mm -hmm. is like my favorite part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you like, you feel good, you know, you're a bit loose, you talk, you have fun with people, yeah, yeah. but then there's nothing worse. And now that I'm like 40, like when I get hung over, it's, it's a day. Like I lose a day. Yeah, man. Because the next day I fucking, I can't, I'm just like walking in slow motion, like everything sucks. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it also affects my mental well-being as well. So like when I'm sick, like with nausea and like sick to my stomach, also my mind starts to become like negative. Like I start just thinking yeah. about just awful things. It's like my whole body mm -hmm. just wants me to just feel terrible from top to bottom. Yeah, man. Yeah, me, me too. In fact, when I, when I go out for a drink, I know where to set the limit. Like, okay, I'm not drinking more than two or three beers or whatever because I'm going to start getting a bit sick. And yeah. I, I don't have any tolerance to... You, you have to be careful when crossing the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, speaking of which, let's listen to your track, Crossing the Line. Okay. From the... <laughs> <laughs> I see that coming. I love just the... Okay. <laughs> 
There's nothing I enjoy more than disappointing my guests with terrible segues. <laughs> uh, here we go. This is uh, Crossing the Line by Max Thor.
And that was Max Thor with the track Crossing the Line. And of course, I'm catching up with Max Thor. We're talking about uh, drinking booze and hyenas. Yeah. Now, one is going to think that Crossing the Line talks about that. Well, but what, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> is, is, it, is it open for interpretation or is it a yeah, very particular yeah, sure. song? I like that. When you can interpret like a song in so many ways, I, I love it. I actually sort of have a problem when lyrics are too specific. Yeah, me too. I hate that. Actually, and then this is sort of a tangent, but you sure, said man. you were working with mm-hmm. like this uh, popular Spanish singer from uh, Meccano from yeah, like the, the yeah. early 80s and the early 90s. And I've been yeah. doing these 90s billboard review shows with Marco, Mike and Florence. And I, I mean, like, I just really don't like a lot of the mainstream 90s hits. Me neither. Me neither. But like, what were the 90s hits like in Spain? No, it's kind of the same because I don't listen to a lot of Spanish music. I've always listened to uh, British and American music. Mm. So I'm with you. The, the 90s and especially the 2000s for me are the worst decade in, in mainstream music because the 80s were great, of course. Yeah. And the last six, seven years ha- have been great for me, actually, in mainstream music. Because we, we forget how bad it, it used to be, but now you have artists like uh, The Weeknd or Billie Eilish who make, you can like it or not, but they make uh, really dark music. They have really like sad lyrics and they are mainstream. In the 90s, I only exclusively listened to me- extreme metal. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I had to look outside the hit music to find stuff I liked. Yeah. Like in the 90s, so much shit was lumped under alternative, yeah. but like the hit music was nonsense. Yeah, it, it sounds like really artificial. I don't know. It's not honest music. There are always exceptions, of yes. course, because you have great bands in the 90s, like Radiohead, for example, who yeah, yeah, yeah. had commercial success and, and they are great. And even all the grunge scene, because I'm not a big fan of Nirvana, for example, but Alice in Chains is one of my favorite bands ever. Besides metal, that's the kind of music I used to listen. Yeah, I, I think Idol has something to do with taking risks when you're composing music because the good thing about the 80s they just discovered the technology (laughs) like new scenes and they weren't afraid of trying music in the 80s is super different from each other it's not that there's a style of music that this is 80s music you can find like more rock music more synth pop music but they were doing original things because they were taking risks when you stop taking risks and and you only try to replicate the music that is having success then you're you're death it's like okay yeah everything is is the same but in the in the 80s that's in fact the lyrics in the 80s, you have some like typical cliche lyrics, but you have super strange lyrics and, and weird lyrics that what the fuck is talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. there? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, you're right about the experimentation going on in the 80s. Like, yeah. of course, you know, the music business was still a business and they wanted to make money, but I don't think the science of pop music was cracked yet. Yeah. So like the music business was still about finding talented people and, you know, recognizing that a band was popular and then boosting those artists. Whereas I feel like the 90s is where it starts to... Yeah, it's like following a formula. Like, yeah. okay, we just need to follow this recipe and we have a hit. And in the 80s, they were like creating the, the formula, not following 
anything like okay let's explore different sounds with these scenes on or let's explore different beats yeah and that's what i really like in the 80s they were using the the real stuff the hardware and in the 90s especially in the late 90s they started using computers too so there were like emulations of scenes and they weren't really good but now for example you can do music with your laptop And the analog emulations are great. Mm -hmm. You can even tell the difference be between a real analog synth and a plugin because they are now too good. But at the beginning, I mean, even autotune <laughs> sounded like, okay, this is too cheap. But I don't know. It's, it has to do with technology, with a lot of things like uh, politics, society, the, the music industry, how it works. So a lot of, of different things go, going on there. My problem is I love all this synth pop and, you know, like synthesizer music and stuff from the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for it in the 90s. And it's like, it's not there. Yeah. So I should just be focusing on the fact that, you know, well, there was some cool music going on and your thing just isn't here right now. So just, you know, focus on the stuff that was good yeah. <laughs> and stop looking for the thing that you, you know, the thing you want isn't here. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, but that's you know because i want the thing i want yeah and and, and you think of that the, the now is happening the opposite thing because for example guitars have almost disappeared in the music <laughs> now now the guitars are not cool at, at all i was watching this guy talking about that he was talking about for example guitar solos you can find songs with guitar solos now in the in the billboard i mean in the mainstream music and it's really sad because they are super cool <laughs> <laughs> I love solos or sax solos or, or guitar solos. But now you need to keep it three minutes uh, limit for your song or it has to be super short and there's no time for a solo. And a solo is a great <laughs> thing for a song, man. <laughs> there's no time for a solo. <laughs> no, no time for a solo. <laughs> We are in a rush. Okay, give me yeah. the, the chorus now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a different pattern to the music as well. And I think maybe people making music like specifically because they go, hey, maybe someone will loop this on TikTok. Yeah. So put your chorus at the very beginning of the song. Yeah, because there's too many music being released each day. So you, you need to grab people's attention really fast. And I don't know. Yeah. It's sad, <laughs> but at the same time, as I told you, I, I think that there is really interesting music now in, in mainstream. I, I don't know where it's going or this or if guitars or rock will have like a, a big comeback of, of that. I don't know. But at least it's way better than what we had in 2000 and, and late 90s. I think right now my thing is I'm just so inundated and like involved in the sort of synthwave scene that I don't totally know what's going on in the mainstream anymore because mm. I'm yeah. here. You know, like I have so much music to listen to just in uh, yeah. in this scene that I maybe one of these days I'll I'll look at the Billboard chart of last year and just go like, do I know these songs? Like, <laughs> although... Yeah. Again, like I, I mean, I say this all the time. My wife is always on TikTok, so there is certain songs that I hear because they literally loop them yeah. four million times uh, every day. Yeah, so there is some songs that I'm aware of, but I couldn't tell you who they are. Like I don't know the band. I just know. Oh, I've heard that song a million times coming from my wife's phone. <laughs> but look, speaking of cool music, let's listen to uh, some of your newer uh, singles. You know, you put out this one mm -hmm. in January called "Far Away." Yeah, let's uh, listen to that. This is "Far Away" by Max Thor. 
And that was Max Thor with the track Far Away. And I'm here right now with Max Thor, just catching up. He's far away in Spain. In the province of Alicante. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've, you've put out a few um, singles this year. So is this going to be another thing where you, you um, put these into an album at some point? Or do you think they're just going to be just exist as singles? Mm, I, I don't know, because I started releasing in January. I released Far Away. Then uh, I released She's Out of This World. And now I, I'm, I'm finishing a new track. That is more like um, quieter, like more a sexy vibe. <laughs> and I just want to release singles during this year. Maybe at the end I, I, I'll put them together, but I don't really like that because if I put an album out, I want that at least half of the songs are unreleased. So I don't like just making a, a collection of songs. But the only way I can release music now and keep releasing music is doing singles because I'm too busy with a lot of things. And also releasing singles is a good way of evolving your style because I'm always exploring what can I add to the master sound. I don't want to just repeat what I've been doing. I really like like okay let, let's try do something different in these songs and singles is a good way of experimenting so maybe at some point i find a new not a completely new but like a new style from for master i'll work in an album or an ep but i, I just want to explore how far i can go with adding some new stuff to my sound i guess that's a good point i never thought about that so like when when you're putting out an album you're gonna kind of want all the tracks to have some sort of yeah. cohesive like like that they work well together and that you know they're part of the same album because there's something that's kind of similar about the style of them mm -hmm. or something and that maybe you take more chances or do more experimenting when you're just doing singles i didn't i never really thought yeah. about that idea yeah yeah especially for me it's, it's really important when you listen to an album i i want different tracks like a, a ballad uh, more like mid-tempo ones but i want every track to be coherent to to have like almost the same kind of, of sound because i love listening to albums as a whole as a whole project so yeah that's why the best thing when you finish an album it's to wait at least some month or a year so you listen to new music you evolve your style if i finish an album and the next day i start writing another one it's gonna be the same because i need some time to analyze what i did in the album and say okay what can i improve here mm. like in the, the general sound like the production or what can i try for example in in fiction uh, if you compare fiction to another world Guitars are more present in fiction, and I wanted that. It, it was a decision I take. Is I want the the metal or rock influences in me to be more prominent. So that's, for example, something I wanted in in fiction, like more guitars. And the next one, maybe I don't know <laughs> what would be that. Yeah, as as I said, releasing singles is a a really great way of, of doing that. Of, Trying different things. Can you play flamenco guitar? Yeah, not as a professional, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there are amazing guitar players here in, in Spain. I can play. I mean, I, I I can record. It's not the same recording that 
playing live because for example I can record a saxophone in fact some of the master tracks have a saxo solo or, but that's because I'm recording in my studio mm -hmm. <laughs> I can record 1000 takes till I get it right yeah 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 but I'm not a saxo player so I play electric guitar but classical or flamenco guitar it has its own techniques I'm just a beginner <laughs> with that and uh, I've And not, not really good because, as I told you, some amazing flamenco guitar players here. Just play one note at a time and then just chop it up <laughs> in the in the editor and then just, that's what I would do. Yeah, that, that's what, you know, this guy called Charlie Puth? I know that name. Uh, it has this song called Attention, who was a super hit. And it starts with a guitar doing that. <laughs> and he recorded it like that. He recorded like one note. Okay, another note. And then he pasted everything. Ah, see? People are stealing my fucking idea. Yeah, but not because he doesn't know how to play guitar. I think he can play guitar. But he wanted that kind of sound. So he went note by note, man. See, I could be Charlie Puth. <laughs> Too late for you. I know. It's, a, it's, it's too late for me for a lot of things. This is what I've learned. Yeah. All right. So then, do you have more um, scoring gigs on the horizon? Like more more documentary stuff, or are you doing more just like what what's taking your focus right now musically? Well, so right now I'm working on a lot of mixes and, and uh, as a mastering and mixing engineer. I've mixed maybe during this year. I, I have been mixing 100 tracks maybe Whoa. like almost a track every three days yeah I'm, I'm also mixing and mastering for artists uh, synthwave artists here in, in Spain now yeah maybe I think we are gonna start playing some live shows with our electronic band before summer And I want to start playing with Maxtor live. We are just preparing our live show with Joaquin and Pablo, the other members of the live band. And yeah. Wait a second. You keep on saying the electronic band. Mm. So Henry says yeah. that was something else, right? Yeah. That's a project with my friends Henry and Eloy. And that's electronic music, like club electronic music. And there I'm playing guitars and and electronic drums. So what is the electronic band? The electronic band is a Henry Scythe and band. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because you, you keep calling it the electronic band. Yeah, it's the so same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. That's the band. So, yeah, we are going to start uh, playing again now. And uh, I've been working in the last month in some productions for uh, two girls here in, in Spain who are am amazing. It's very flamenco style. I play the guitar, the flamenco guitar there. So mm -hmm. I will show you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, you note <laughs> One note at a time. One note at a time. Crazy job. <laughs> <laughs> it will sound like robotic flamenco yeah with no soul at all well whenever i've seen those people play they just go so fast like i mean i can't play guitar at all but whenever i see like the flamenco guitar especially when the dudes have like the long nails yeah you know that like i can't even do you an impression of it. long nails for that yeah because you are not using a pick so 
Yeah, play. It's crazy how fast they they play. Yeah, I feel like I would just get like carpal tunnel. Or, <laughs> the carpal I, I wonder, do, do they have any uh, like? There must be some health issue that you get from playing flamenco guitar. Like as an old man, like your fingers are all cramped up or something. Uh, I don't know because if you start playing or learning when you are five years old and you play ten hours, twelve hours every day, you get used to that. Mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, I just discovered, because I really like world music, not only flamenco. I love listening to music from Turkey and Romania, like old folk music. Mm. And there are some amazing players. In fact, there's a new instrument I found out. It's called Kernel. I don't know the name of the instrument, but it's like a, it's not a guitar, but you place it like a laptop in, in your lab. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. There are really good musicians over there really good in the synthwave scene sometimes I get the impression when I hear like new artists that they just sort of listen to other synthwave yeah. and then make synthwave you know what I mean and for me what, what interests me is when artists sort of pull inspirations from places I'm not expecting mm. yeah man and so maybe that's the key is they gotta listen to uh, old Turkish folk music yeah <laughs> we, we need some flamenco synthwave Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be great. In fact, I haven't tried to mix that, but if you notice, some of my tracks have some Arabian Arab influences. In fact, in crossing the line or some of the track, mm. I'm using some scales from the Middle East because I love, I love that kind of sound. But haven't listened to anything like properly flamenco synthwave. That would be amazing. Well, you might have to be the man to do it. Yeah. One note at a time. <laughs> One note at a time. But you are playing guitar there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just need to send me uh, some audios of you playing every guitar note. <laughs> and I I'll do the rest. <laughs> I don't even think I could do that properly. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Uh, well, anyways, man, look, how about this? Let's listen to uh, one more song and then maybe we can wind down. Perfect. I want to listen to this one. It's called She's Out of This World by Max Thor.
And that was Max Thor with the track She's Out of This World. I have been chatting with Max Thor, catching up. It's been a few years, but uh, here we are, a few years older, a few years wiser. <laughs> Yeah. We we know a bit more about Spanish geography and uh, <laughs> Is there anything we didn't uh, talk about that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. That this time we we've been talking a lot of about music, man. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> it, it feels wrong. Cut, cut that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More, more lions and hyenas <laughs> geography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's what people come here for. Yeah, sure. And to hear me complain about the '90s, that seems to be the uh, <laughs> that's the theme. Wow. Yeah. What are your hobbies? Do, are you mostly just music all the time? Like, do you play games or go out? Or like, what do you do? Well, so yeah, I'm all day in my studio. I work in my studio around 10, 12 hours each day. But hobbies, I love reading. Maybe that's my main uh, Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm super nerd. In fact, man. Yeah, I love reading, especially American authors and fiction and novels, but also about science, politics, like everything. I read, I, I need to read every day. Mm -hmm. If I go to bed and I don't read at least half an hour before sleeping, I can't sleep. So I love reading. But <laughs> not to look like an nerd, I would say too that I love football. I love soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> You must get like incredible eye strain. Do you wear those those blue glasses? You're in your studio that long every day mm -hmm. and you're like reading uh, stuff off the computer like your your eyes must get strained. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially my ears. I are fuck after listening to metal <laughs> with my headphones <laughs> during my whole life. Yeah, but yeah, I would say like reading is is one of my my passions besides music football I love walking too and walking my dog I love dogs that's another of my passions and hyenas of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I like a lot of things I wish I, I could live like <laughs> different lives so so I could do different things because I, I get really passionate about Science is another of my patients, like knowing about the universe and that kind of things. I love that too. That's why we need more people like Carl Sagan, you know, that guy who yeah, made yeah, yeah. the cosmos. He's amazing because it's science, but you can understand what he's saying. He's just talking about the facts and it's like, wow. Every time I see cosmos or something like that, there are things that, that I already know, but I keep freaking out every time I, I listen how big the universe is of, or how far is the nearest start for us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cease to amaze me. It's great. The cosmological stuff is the stuff I have the hardest time sort of wrapping my head around. Like, I listen mm. to people talk about it, but I I never understand what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> like, but, I, but I listen, like, I find it interesting, but I'm always like, what the fuck are you saying? It's yeah, just man. But that's because our minds, our brains are not prepared for that. We are prepared for, okay, I'm going to that tree and eat this apple. But if someone told you, ah, this, this star is... 
4,000 billion light years. It's, you can't understand that distance and that size and the time. of. It's, it's like our brain is, is not prepared for that. Yeah, but what you got to do, you got to go to Joshua Tree, man, and fucking <laughs> eat some DMT, and then it's going to open up your mind and you're going to see it's the space awesome elves. And yeah. They'll explain everything to you. Of course. <laughs> I'll just, of course. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, it was lovely to uh, chat with you. Yeah, man. It was. It's always nice catching up. I enjoy the music of Max Thor. You make cool tunes. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It's always a, a pleasure chatting with you. And I had so much fun because we talk about almost everything here. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how the audience feels about it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Who cares? I go, yeah, no, on, at this point, clearly I don't. It's been too many years for me to even pretend now that... Too late. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I'll have cool artists on and then we talk about hyenas. So, like, that's <laughs> that's where my brain is. Yeah, man. We need to meet. I, so maybe the uh, next time I, I go there, if, if I'm lucky to go with the Henry Scythe band over there, I'll, I'll let you know. It will be nice. To... Yeah, man, for sure. I haven't done anything. I need to go out to some more shows and feel normal again because... Uh, I went to one and I still felt sort of weird. Yeah. Like I just was like, ah, something's weird about this. <laughs> I don't like it. But uh, once we get to a few more and things kind of get a bit more normal, hopefully that's, mm. yeah, man, come to Toronto. Sure. Can't wait for that. I'm trying to think of somewhere. I'm, I'm trying to think of a sentence that sort of ends this nicely, but sort of wraps uh. up this thought as well. <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> not, not easy. Be careful with the hyenas. Yeah. <laughs> well, Yusin, you have a lovely Spanish day, and uh, people should go check out the music of Max Thor, and you got more singles coming out. Maybe another one will be out by the time this thing posts. Who knows? So maybe there'll be a surprise for anyone who goes to maxthor.bandcamp, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your your last sentence. The, the yes. good one. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just my my bandcamp address. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, look. See you soon. You have a lovely day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. All right, and that was my catch-up with Max Thor. Hope you enjoyed the show. I have lots more interviews and conversations coming your way. You just got to bear with me because my life is incredibly difficult at the moment. I don't like to burden you all with my problems. At the same time, like I've said before on the show, I also don't want to leave you in the dark if you're supporting the show on Patreon or PayPal. I want you to know that I really do appreciate it, and I will uh, make it up to everybody with... Uh, some bonus episodes once I get everything set up. So just uh, bear with me. There is more Beyond Synth coming. There's definitely a ton of Beyond Synth that's been recorded. Because <laughs> in preparation for moving, I was like, you know what? I better get some interviews uh, in the can, as they say, just in case I have difficulty recording interviews when I move into uh, a new studio space and things aren't set up and maybe internet doesn't work or whatever. And those interviews are sitting there. So there's lots of, of cool artists who haven't been on the show before and a few more catch-ups so uh, I hope you all enjoy those when they come out. Uh, so have a lovely uh, period of time <laughs> I appreciate you all listening to the show and uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is Thanks for
Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.